This is SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network, leading the way. This episode of The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by Bluehost, a great company for your website or blog and super easy to work with because if you want to install, let's say, a WordPress blog and you don't know how to do it, there's just one click of a button and they do it for you. Go to sqpn.com bluehost for more information. And by my book, Geek Priest, Confessions of a New Media Pioneer, with also some Star Wars stories in it. Buy it at the Amazon store, and don't forget to click on the link on our website before you shop at Amazon, and your purchase will help support our show. Welcome to another episode of The Secrets of Star Wars, episode number four. Well, not Star Wars episode four, but that's the episode number of our podcast, recorded on November the 5th, 2013. My goodness, it's been a while, but I'm glad to be back. And also joining me today, Dom Bettinelli from Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, Dom. Hi, Father. I guess we have a lot to talk about today. A lot has happened. It's 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 quite uh, unbelievable that it, it took the entire summer for us to uh, well th- th- that we we didn't podcast for the entire summer and it took took us so long to get back. But uh, well, we've we've both been busy, uh, lots of traveling, and I have to say that for a long time, it was very quiet when it came to Star Wars. I'm I'm, I'm I, I was getting worried because we didn't hear anything. You know, you had these early casting rumors and then you, you just got story after story where you could just tell, especially if you've been following the, the the Star Wars rumors for years, like the both of us have, that a lot of it was just made up. It's just, you know, fans getting bored and then just coming up with their own fake rumors. It's it's uh <laughs> it's just like in the beginning <laughs> when the prequels were being made and and, and there was just this incredible amount of, of just fake stuff. Um, but then all of a sudden Things started to accelerate, and there is actually a lot of news to talk about. What is the most important news item you think we should uh, address first, Dom? Oh, the the biggest news of all, which is that the screenwriters for the for the script for the next uh, the, the 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 next uh, Star Wars Seven has changed. It's no longer Michael Arndt, and and now that he's out, mm-hmm. some. One new is in some and a, a very big name that all Star Wars fans would recognize, Lawrence Kasdan. Yes, he was a writer uh, or a co-writer of the Empire Strikes Back script, uh, script and even um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and also wrote and for also, yeah, wrote for for Indiana Jones, I think. Raiders of the Lost Ark, the original. Oh wow! Yeah. Now, why do you why do you think this happened? Well, from what I understand, from my my layman's perspective, and knowing a few people who work in the Hollywood. Um, it's you know they, that Michael Arndt probably just got you know he came up with a script idea came up with a script and it just didn't work. My guess is is they decided that you know some people they're right for a, a particular job they're not right for a particular job mm-hmm. and th- everyone came you know came to an agreement and said this isn't this isn't the Star Wars that we're expecting this is because this is a big deal this Star Wars oh, yeah. movie is the first Disney Star Wars the first non Lucas Star Wars and they've got to get it right if they if they if they mess this up um, everyone's gonna go oh here we are back again we knew it, it this all, Disney's gonna ruin it JJ Abrams ruined it 
so they're working hard to make this real Star Wars. I think this is a, actually a very positive sign. Now, uh, the press release on it, this was published on StarWars.com, the official website, which is also kind of a first. We haven't seen that many official press releases coming from right from straight from the source. Also said that um, he will be co-writing the script together with J.J. Abrams. That to me was news as well uh, because I thought that Michael Arndt was basically going to provide the entire script and J.J. Abrams would just do what he is supposed to do as a director, just add tweaks and, you know, uh, make make small changes, but not be a, uh, credited as a writer. But now it says, well, these two are going to write this thing together. Um, a bit surprising. Um, and, and, and it was another indication for me, at least, that the original script didn't work. And perhaps, you know, what they sometimes say, uh, there were some creative differences between Michael Arndt and and J.J. Abrams. This is just me speculating. But um, I know that for J.J. Abrams, this is so important. And he has so, so much respect for the franchise that perhaps he's just being very strict. <laughs> like, this is not working. Um what I what I liked about Michael Arndt was that it was someone from um, someone you didn't expect to write a Star Wars script because well he he is a fan of Star Wars but his, when you look at his other um, credits it's uh, you know Little Miss Sunshine which was a character piece and and to me that was an interesting because I I I, I still hope that Star Wars the new Star Wars movies are all going to be about character and a character development and that it's going to have that depth that we well didn't see that much in in the prequels and so initially I, I was excited I think I think what I mean it's tough to say you know what what a what a future script is going to be like based on someone's previous because a lot of these writers, they they tailor for their particular genre. But um, from what I understand, I've been reading some of the analysis out there on the various writers and the movie rumor sites. And uh, there was rumors that J.J. That Abrams was unhappy with the script and, and, and other things related mm -hmm. to the production. And had even been making noises about leaving uh, oh, wow. production. And that, um, that he wanted, he, he, like some people felt like, that Arndt's script, the the original draft, was pure Star Wars. It was great, um, and that Abrams disagreed, and he wanted to take a crack at it. And I mean, this is a, remember, mm -hmm. this is a guy who's a fan. He's yeah, he knows what in his mind what Star Wars is, and he wants it to to really reflect that. I mean, he's he's living his dream. He's getting to direct a Star Wars movie. Um, that's 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 a big deal, and and I'm I'm sure. He wants to get it perfect in his mind, the way he wants it to be. And you know, some some directors can be uh, dictators, and they can come in and they can take over, and and everything is you know, uh, it's not a team effort anymore. Hmm. Um, uh, I'm not saying that that's the case here, but um, uh, you know, this is you know, this is just a reflection of the, the fact that he's he this is his yes. baby, and he yes. wants it to be the way his vision sees it. Well, and you can imagine that if if he were uncomfortable with the script in any way, it, it just wouldn't work. Uh, it, it still will get the stamp of J.J. Abrams and not Michael Arndt. The screenwriter, of course, is very important, but J.J. Abrams is the one who's going to be fired if it doesn't work. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he won't be fired because the movie will be out, but he won't be invited back. So, yes, a, a lot uh, hangs on it. Um I also think that a, a, a more recent interview with him, uh, with J.J. Abrams, 
kind of reveals that he has a very specific idea of what this new movie should do as the first movie of a new trilogy and, and potentially even more movies. Um, he um, And I'm just going to quote this. this uh, I'm, I'm reading this from uh, The Hollywood Reporter. Um more than 35 years after the release of the first Star Wars title, the universe has been mined for a nearly limited number of spin-off novels, TV series, games, and toys, in addition to the six blockbuster movies. Um, and then J.J. Abrams appears to want mystery left in the franchise. A new interview with the Star Wars Episode Seven Helmer is short on details for the latest film entry and long on speculation. And then um, here's a quote. Abrams fondly recalls a time when everything wasn't spelled out in a Star Wars film. If you watch the first movie, he says, you don't actually know exactly what the Empire is trying to do, Abrams tells the uh, UK uh, paper Times of London. They're they're, they are going to rule by fear, but you don't know what their endgame is. You don't know what Leia is princess of. You don't yet understand who Jabba the Hutt is, even though there is a reference to him. You don't know that Vader is Luke's father, Leia is his sister, but the possibility is all there. The beauty of that movie was that it was an unfamiliar world, and yet you wanted to see it expand and to see where it went. I think I love this quote because it, th- that is something that indeed I think was the strength of of uh, of the the first, let's say chronologically first Star Wars movies four, five, and six. That you felt like I'm discovering a new world, and the 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 problem now, of course, that J.J. Abrams faces is. He's got a. He clearly wants to recreate that feeling, but he he has to do it in an established universe where so many stories have already been told and and people seem to already know what Star Wars is all about and what it should be about, you know. And 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 so perhaps and again I'm just speculating. Perhaps Michael Arndt did a great job just creating a story that just felt like it ticked all the right boxes and it was. Yeah, this is what Star Wars is supposed to be. And then J.J. Abrams is, yeah, and still I'm missing something. This is just, you know, it, 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 I want to do something a little bit deeper and, and I want to go beyond just a regular recipe for Star Wars. Yeah, and, and remember, I mean, we, we, uh, we can't forget that he's done this before. He's taken a science fiction franchise in an established universe whose stories had been told in not just six episodes and numerous books and, and whatnot, but in... Uh, I forget how many Star Wars movies, uh, Star Trek Star movies, Trek. were up to, and uh, seven uh, different TV series and books and everything else, and and in a universe that had been completely mined, almost, uh, you know, that there's almost nothing left to dig into. And so, what did he do? He found a way to tell the story in a new, again, in a new way. Uh, I'm hoping that he won't go back to the let's reboot the the, the franchise uh, uh, sort of way where we go back to a young Luke and a young Leia and a young. <laughs> not, not a chance. Not a oh, chance. not a chance. Yeah, uh, but you know, he's. Uh, my guess is, is like like you said, Michael Arndt came up with a great Star Wars movie that's you know. Like, like just in the universe we have and what J.J. Abrams is looking for something more. He wants a, a, a fantastic. He wants he wants to capture that that newness, that that sense of of that that feeling we had the first time we watched episode four. It, it is going to be very difficult, though. To, to do that, to surprise us, and, to, and, and a risk as well, because if he takes the story in a whole new direction and uh, introduce, it just sets up a lot of the mystery, and he needs to have a, a, an overall plan for the trilogy, because it, 
you have to set up stuff now and then pay it off perhaps years from now when the third movie comes out. So, uh, and, 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 you know, there, there's something that worries me about this whole, uh, this whole um, a change of plans, and that is we're running out of time. Uh, filming is supposed to be starting next spring. Casting has already been underway for I don't know how many months. And so will there be enough time to actually pull this off and, and to make sure that they don't just rush into this and, and that the result will be going to be something that we're like, oh, man, wish we they had taken more time. And uh, the, speaking of casting, that was one of the rumors of about this script is that when they when they threw out Michael Arndt's script, they threw out everything, including all of the characters that had been really? uh, uh, developed and everything, and that they were starting from scratch again. Oh my now that's goodness. that's just a rumor. I know, but it kind of makes <laughs> sense. I mean, if you throw yeah. away an entire script and you want to reboot it, <laughs> there there was an article about this um, uh, uh, this this time problem that they now have, uh, or this scheduling problem. Uh, and this, uh, this is from, again, The Hollywood Reporter. According to those close to the project, producer Kathleen Kennedy and most of the film's creative team have asked Disney to push the release to 2016. But studio CEO Robert Iger is adamant that Episode 7, perhaps the franchise's most anticipated installment since 1999's The Phantom Menace, not budge. Um, that has created enormous pressure on all involved, with director J.J. Abrams stepping in to take over scripting duties with Lawrence Kasdan, who co-wrote uh, Empire Strikes Best, considered to the best film in the series. For his part, Arndt, Michael Arndt worked, ex worked exclusively on episode 7 for most of the past year and already had panned a 40 to 50 page treatment before Lucasfilm was sold to Disney in October 2012. That's what we... Uh, speculated, you know, the story is already written, otherwise they wouldn't have made it public. But as one of Hollywood's highest-paid screenwriters, who can command more than 300000 a week doing rewrites, the Oscar-winning scribe of Little Miss Sunshine was ready to move on to other projects. Some sources say Abrams has become autocratic in recent months, wrestling with some casting control from Kennedy. But others disputed that notion, saying Abrams and Kennedy both have been involved in casting sessions. Unlike Kennedy, Abrams is said to be more in sync with Iger's desire to meet a 2015 release target, which allows zero margin for error at all costs. Mm. So that, that's kind of interesting. You would expect, actually, J.J. Abrams to also ask for uh, for a delay, especially since he's, <laughs> he's co-writing. But but uh, clearly he's not. And this might, might have to do also with his other plans. I mean... Uh, this is a huge project, and this man is so full of ideas and so involved in so many other things that he probably just wants to get over this first hurdle of the first movie and then just move on. <laughs> well, he seems he seems supremely confident uh, in yes. him, in his vision, so that's good. Um, but yeah, as far as his schedule goes, I mean, I'm sure he's got projects lined up down the road. I mean, it, it seems like every other day you hear about another thing he's involved in, whether it's a, a groundbreaking interactive book or a TV series. So, you know, this, you know, when you have a major project like this, it's got to fit to his time schedule that he's already set aside for it. And if it goes over, that messes up, you know, all of his plans. Um, but yeah. I, I just, I feel like, you know, every time I read an interview with him, he just feels confident. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's like he, he's he's always reassuring the fans. I understand. I know what you're saying, and I and I get it. And we're gonna do it. I mean, they just he yes. seems to be just that reassuring figure. You know, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> well, 
he doesn't want to convey anything else, you know. <laughs> if he's saying right. like, "Oh, this is going to be a disaster," <laughs> but there's think... not even it's. I mean, they, they they can say one thing, but you sometimes you get that sense like that's just the party line. But I feel like you know he believes it. He believes that. I mean, he, he maybe he's a great actor, but I feel mm. like he believes that everything's nah, going to be so. okay. That yes. he's got a definite vision and that he understands what makes Star Wars a, a great Star Wars movie, which uh, we, maybe we could talk about at some point about that video, the uh, the yes. Dear J.J. Abrams video. The four rules to make Star Wars great again? You... Exactly. <laughs> that was interesting news as well. So um, uh, there is this very well-known um, uh, uh, YouTube clip, and this was made by fans. Let me just play this here. Dear J.J. Abrams, here are four rules you can follow to make Star Wars great again. Rule one, the setting is the frontier. Star Wars doesn't happen in the city. It doesn't happen in parliament or in the library. It happens out here, away from civilization, amidst smugglers and bounty hunters. Star Wars is a Western. And it's set in the frontier. Rule number two, the future is old. Star Wars beauty isn't clean. It isn't new. It's dirty, gritty, a secondhand world. The beauty of the frontier. Rule number three. We don't always need an explanation. The greatest power of the Force is the sense of magic that comes from the unknown. For Star Wars isn't cute. Walk into the wrong bar, lose your arm. Don't pay your debts, end up in carbonite. The frontier is a dangerous place. It's never cute or silly. It's not child-proofed. It's freaking Star Wars. And Han always shoots first. <laughs> Dear J.J. Abrams, don't mess up Star Wars. Love everyone. <laughs> and if J.J. If Abrams has one of those three rules down, it's number three. The Force is mysterious. Don't, yes. We don't always need an explanation. Hmm. If that defines, if you could define his, uh, all of his, his uh, movie-making oeuvre, that's that's the big one, the mystery. Well, and it's one of his his, his uh, basic storytelling rules. It's the the, the famous uh, image of having the secret box. You don't know what's in it, but it keep, it, it makes you curious. You you want to figure it out, and so um, the force, in a way had that quality it was this mysterious thing you didn't really understand it and you felt because you didn't know what it was um mm -hmm. it just had great storytelling uh potential and then with the midichlorians and everything uh, it was like oh no don't break that <laughs> the, the, the 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 question that i have is of course how to make the force mysterious again should he say well all that midichlorian stuff well we we looked at it again and you yeah, know that we were wrong about that 
You can't I measure midichlorians, or is it just, you know, just ignore it? <laughs> just don't mention them, don't talk about them, and just let the force be the force again, and just right. pretend it never happened. I think that, <laughs> that would be the best thing. It just, there's so much of, of what happened in uh, 1, 2, and 3 that we should just pretend never happened and just move on from there. Well, and then in, one of the ways in which to do this, of course, is to um, to to realize that a lot of the knowledge about what the Force is and how it works got lost because all the Jedi are extinct. Luke is the only one, and I don't think that Joda taught him about uh, midichlorians. So it's it's very well possible that, um, you know, the Force is actually a lot more mysterious to the new generation of Jedi than it was to, you know, the prequel people. That's a great point. I mean, so much of what... Uh, the Jedi of the of the quote unquote future would be is rediscovering what is what does it mean to be a Jedi? What is the Force? What is this ability that we have? And what is this duty that we have? I mean, you you could build a great a, a large portion of the movie just around that search. What does it mean to be a Jedi? Yeah, uh, I, I like also the the other rules the the what you know one two and four the setting is a frontier the future is old. Star Wars isn't cute. It, you know, it makes me think of that uh, Joss Whedon knew these rules, too, when he made mm-hmm. Firefly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think that's one of the things that made uh, Firefly so attractive to so many Star, Star Wars fans is that it, it evoked much of that, um, uh, of that, uh, that feeling of, of Star Wars. Um, you know, we got in, in, the, in the prequels, we got into politics and economics and, mm-hmm. and you know, we were on Coruscant and – and uh, we had shine, the shiny new spaceships and all that sort of stuff. And we kind of – it just – it didn't it didn't feel the same. And, and if, this, if there was disappointment in those movies, I think that was part of it. And, and if we get back to that idea of – you know, because now we're back not in the prequels. We're actually sequel to the, sequel to the originals. I'm not even sure what we're supposed to call these. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, these – these movies will now take place in that time when things are now old and yes. af- after the Empire and we're rebuilding and and uh, things are probably more dangerous now without you know the central government and, and, and all that sort of stuff. We, I think it'll, it's much more possible we're going to end up in a in 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 that type of world again. Uh, and and the great thing is is that J.J. Abrams responded to this video in an interview he did. With uh, the the a British uh, newspaper, the Times yes. of London, um, where he said that um, uh, if uh, I'll just read his, uh, the quote mm-hmm. they pull here, I would say that the video conveys a feeling that we share very much. I loved how Star Wars had that sense of a world far beyond the borders of what you can see and have been told. It's one of the things it did so brilliant brilliantly. If you watch the first movie, you don't actually know exactly what the Empire uh, – I think you, you read this mm-hmm. uh, a little earlier uh, – exactly what the Empire is trying yeah. to do. They're gonna, trying to rule by fear, etc., etc. The beauty of the movie is that it was unfamiliar, etc. So I'm kind of rehashing a little bit. Um, uh, but he does also talk about the, the importance of the prequels in the sense of that so many of the kids who saw the prequels when they were young – identify with those movies because they didn't grow up with the originals they grew up with the prequels Absolutely. so you can't you can't just lose them no and i think that that, that is very true and I'm, I'm glad that he said that because um george lucas was well aware when he made the first star wars movie that he took the most interesting part of the story 
And there is some debate going on as to how much of the stories that we ultimately get to see in the prequels was already in his mind. But he did know that that uh, the world that we find when we see Luke Skywalker for the first time on Tatooine had a backstory, but that that backstory involved a lot of kind of political elements and it wouldn't be really captivating. So let's just start with the frontier. Let's start like a Western and then just save the rest for later or just keep it implied and just you know, have it in the back of your mind. And uh, I still think that that despite all it, the shortcomings, the prequels do a terrific job of of filling in the holes in the story and 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 showing how the world got to the point where it was this Western world where everything was dangerous and everything seems seemed to be wrong. But it's not the most interesting story to tell. I totally agree. J.J. Abrams has the advantage of, of being able to to take this story anywhere. He could he could even jump forward in time or create something that happened between the Return of the Jedi and this first new movie, um, which we are not aware of and we, which will be new to the to the timeline, uh, which might have completely messed up everything. Even Luke Skywalker might not be the the you know the the savvy old friendly nice old Jedi grandpa. Uh, you know, we've had stories in the expanded universe where Luke actually turned to the dark side, even though temporarily. But so you want to start with the most interesting, dangerous, unbalanced situation as possible, because that is what's going to make up for a compelling story. You need to have contrast. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just keep thinking from what I read, J.J. Abrams knows what kind of Star Wars he wants to make, what 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 it should um, evoke as a feeling. He's, he constantly talks about emotions. You know, it's it's the feeling that we share very much, and and um, that might actually make Star Wars Seven great because that's what we want. We just we don't. I don't want to see something just that looks like Star Wars and just feels similar to everything we've seen before, but. I want some I want something new, something that is challenging, that surprises me, that keeps me on the edge of my seat and makes me want to see more Star Wars. And that, I think I think JJ Abrams is gonna is gonna come into the Star Wars universe and he's gonna break things. And he's gonna it's gonna upset some people who don't like you to you know to to, to change anything. Uh, but you know, change is good, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting, uh, whatever he does. Now, I so want hope that in some future years from now, perhaps there will be information about what the original story was that Michael Arndt penned, and then what it actually turned out to be, and whether it's it's uh, um, uh, keeping certain things intact or whether it's a totally different story. And we've seen this with so many movies. I mean, this happened with uh, Indiana Jones uh, 4 as well, where script after script was discarded. And um, actually, some of the discarded stuff is better than than the movie <laughs> we we actually got. <laughs> so it's, it's a weird world, Hollywood. But I'm... I'm I'm in a way so I'm anxious. I'm a bit scared that they won't make their deadlines and that that that, that this might be a rush job. On the other hand, I'm I'm in a, in a way I'm glad that JJ Abrams is here to say I know this is not good enough. We have to do better. That's the kind of of uh thing that George Lucas never had. He had no one around him that said George let's not do this. This is not a good idea. <laughs> let's let's rethink this. And and that is good for Star Wars. It is what made Empire Strikes Back so great. It was that even the actors were involved, 
and and could tell the director and could tell George Lucas, uh, you know, this doesn't work. This line doesn't work. Or Han Solo would never do this. And 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 it actually helped to make the movie edgier, grittier, a bit darker, and way more compelling. And so I hope that that this this new development uh, is is a sign of that. You know, J.J. Abrams is not happy. Uh, with just mediocre quality or just an okay Star Wars movie, but he wants to make Star Wars great. He is driven. He is driven to make a great movie, and I think that's that's great. Uh, we want someone who is not happy with yes. just good enough. We, he's he's got to drive for the best he could possibly make, and this that's why this is good news. This is yes. this is good news because it says he's not he's not being complacent with what, what with a with a good enough script. Um, and and you know Lawrence Kasdan. I mean that's a that's he's. He's a veteran. He knows how to write this stuff. We know he writes good, good scripts uh, in this genre. Whether it's uh, Raiders or Star Wars, uh, that's that is a that is a big deal. Although, to be honest, I'm not sure what uh, what he's been doing since uh, the the last thirty years. So I don't. I mean, uh, I haven't really even looked up his uh, IMDb, but uh, um, I'm curious to to see what he's been working on. Yes, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quickly uh, pulling it up, but. Um, Let's see. Uh, since then, I mean, what's he been up to? Uh, a lot of um, interesting. He's done some. Uh, he actually wrote a uh, the story for a Star Wars video game, Shadows of the uh, Empire. Oh, and really? Just, yeah, I and remember then, that um, one. Yes, it wasn't too good though. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> yeah. bad, actually. Well, well it's always uh, <laughs> when you do it for a video game, it's uh, you, you write the story, and then the, uh, the, the 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 programmers. Take it from oh, there. but even the story, I remember when it came out, they were hyping it uh, because uh, this 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 was uh, published, I think, right after Phantom Menace. And at the Denver first Star Wars celebration, they were uh, already, uh, I think, um, trying to hype it up. And everybody was like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. And the story was so <laughs> lackluster. But you know what? <laughs> Those were different times. <laughs> What's interesting is now I look at it. He hasn't done much of anything uh, recently. Oh. Um, he had uh, one movie that he wrote in 2012 called Darling Companion. Don't I think never heard of it. Um, other than that, uh, he had something he did in 2003, and then before that, 1999. I mean, he's he hasn't been you know, working very much. So it's kind of interesting. They're kind of bringing this guy out of retirement to. Uh, well, and it could also be that. <sighs> He is he is brought in to also to reassure the fans and reassure Disney and management because if if there really has been uh, a collision between J.J. Abrams and and Michael Arndt and there have been and J.J. Abrams is like okay I'm gonna I know what story I want to tell uh, that could potentially upset a lot of people like oh, you're running out of time what do you know about Star Wars you know are you gonna do the same as Star Trek and a lot of and now bringing in this veteran Star Wars writer is like oh my gosh he he co-penned the one of the best the best Star Wars movie Empire Strikes Back what could go wrong you know <laughs> it, that now, I, I don't know I'm just devil's yeah. advocate here but uh, <laughs> I'm not even well, sure if his role is going to be that important Yes, I mean it could be that he's coming to provide vision and uh, and understanding of the writing process for the the two best uh, um, Star Wars movies that's uh, in in many people's view, um, just to in, you know kind of provide uh, guidance and oversight on what it takes to write a, a great Star Wars. I mean it doesn't mean that he's necessarily the primary uh, author or, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so the, we'll the, see. Um, 
um, interesting rumor also is that the the script, the original, the Michael Arndt script was scrapped as early as July 2013, which is when we did our previous episode of The Secrets of Star Wars. So in a way, you know, that kind of saves us because... <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe we... they heard the podcast and they said, this sounds terrible. Oh, we should... gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's very likely. <laughs> but I hope they have other things to do. But it does it, uh, really... Um, uh, make it hard to talk about Star Wars now that all, even all the casting rumors out there probably don't mean that much anymore. And actually, there were there were older, already a lot of confirmed uh, uh, um, casting things, uh, casting elements. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I saw um, Sorcy Ronan, who apparently auditioned for Star Wars Seven, yeah. and this is confirmed. This was actually I've I've got a sound clip. Let's uh, let's play this and listen what she has to say. Oh, oh, wait, no, this is actually the entire episode. It's the Empire Film Podcast. Empire is a, is a great movie uh, uh, a podcast I can highly recommend. Um, and they posted the entire episode, which is an hour long, so I don't know exactly. But she's being interviewed. And let me just quote from the article here. Um, she herself uh, recently revealed that she auditioned for Star Wars 7. And then she says, yeah, I did the audition for Star Wars Episode 7. I don't know whether I should have said that now. I mean, everyone did. Everyone has auditioned for it. So many people I know have gone in for the part I've gone in for and guys who have gone in for a particular part. So I'd imagine JJ is probably just scanning the earth to find the people that he needs. But nobody has a clue what it's about and nobody has read the script. So I've gone in and read for it, but I have to say... I think it's the only time I've ever thought, you know what, even uh, even if I don't get it, I had so much fun auditioning, pretending to take out a lightsaber out of a bag, kind of inspect it and not know what it is. That was that was great. A lightsaber, Star Wars. So, it's- well, one thing that that it, that it says to me because they didn't even see a script, so uh, so it's not necessarily that they were auditioning for a particular role. No. If if it if it bears out, this is another J.J. Abrams signature. Is that he'll sometimes cast a, the actor before he has the role mm-hmm. that he's looking that that they'll they'll cast the movie and then and then create the character for that actor, which often yeah. is is very successful. Uh, that, that's what they did with Lost. So I'm not too surprised that they went to casting before they even had a. A script that they were they were they were pretty set with. Well, and even if the script isn't isn't done or it has to be rewritten, you still want to have certain certain archetypes. And so it's it, it's always good to start the casting uh, process anyway, so that it, as soon as there is a bit of a script, you know you already have all these profiles. You've already seen these people mm-hmm. act and see how they what they work. It's kind of interesting that they made her do a scene where she's discovering a lightsaber, not knowing what it is. I mean, right. the, with within the back back of our minds, what we've just talked about of you know Star Wars kind of rebooting this idea of uh, frontier, uh, like not knowing what's going on, not having a clue. Uh, again, it 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 it, it points in, in the direction of what I said uh, that perhaps this new world that we're going to see in these new movies will be oblivious to what Jedi are and what the what the Force right. is and what lightsabers are. A, a a galaxy that's forgotten about the Jedi. I mean, yeah, what, how cool would that what, be? What would the Star Wars galaxy, the that the the former Empire, look like uh, without the Jedi to be the guardians of peace uh, and justice? That's a, that's an interesting uh, concept in in well, itself. What if Luke Skywalker is just uh, has become like Obi Wan Kenobi? 
just completely retreated, lived somewhere in, in on Tatooine, preferably, <laughs> and then and then just wants to be, you know, he's he's the last of the Jedi, and I don't know, perhaps there's been a breakup with his sister, or I don't know, perhaps he's just everybody has forgotten about the Force. I think that would be actually a great way to to reboot it. Then right, and then bring all of those elements back that we so loved um, I- as if they were brand new because yeah. they would be new to the characters that, that that we're following, the protagonists of the movie. And not show us lightsabers and, 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 and all that you know, familiar Star Wars stuff, stuff from the get-go, but make that a huge reveal where the, the first part of the movie will be just, you know— uh, nothing familiar, and then you get the moment when the first lightsaber is discovered or rediscovered, and it, and it's like, oh, we're back. <laughs> that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. It's like having a, a movie that is entirely in black and white, and then all of a sudden color is introduced. It, like you, you, you see the contrast. It, it, it just gives you such a an emotional uh, reaction because you've been without it for so long. So that could be a great way to actually kind of help us. Um, rediscover the Force, rediscover Jedi. You know, another of the uh, rumors that actually uh, a casting rumor that came out just in the last year or so, um, it's actually related to the 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 J.J. Abrams responding to the the Four Rules video. Okay. In that same article, the uh, the the reporter said he was sitting in J- the lobby of J.J. Abrams' office and saw this particular actor waiting to uh, to go in to do an audition, mm-hmm. and it was. And now I'm going to mess up his name. Shuatel Ejiofor, um, which uh, you probably don't recognize the name, but he you recognize his face. He was in the Serenity movie as the operative who was hunting down the uh, the, the the Serenity, you know, oh, the Firefly crew. Cool. So uh, the the he's the African American man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, a British actor. Yeah. Um, he was in this new movie, Twelve Years a Slave, but. Um, so he so, must be a bad guy because that's one of the basic rules of, of Star Wars <laughs> that bad guys have a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except for Darth Vader. Darth Vader didn't have a British accent, but uh, <laughs> the, the, probably the only one. But uh, uh, so it's very, very interesting. The, 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 like when you see these actors show up and you start to imagine what, what could they be doing. And, and you know, you, all, you always got to go back to what they've done before. But uh, that's not necessarily a, a good, especially if they're good actors. They they're versatile, so they could do all kinds of things. Another name that we've heard bandied about is uh, a name that we've seen in, in relation to almost every mythology out there, which is Benedict Cumberbatch as a yes. Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I we might I think we might have touched on this last time, but uh, that would make him in the three biggest. Um, mythologies out there in currently in theaters. Uh, he would be with uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, and uh, the the Hobbit. Um, that that's a guy who's gotten around uh, lately these days. Of course, these are r- truly rumors, and <laughs> you're right. <laughs> there's no confirmation whatsoever. Uh, w- what we do know is that casting has been going on for a long time, and apparently, according to these tidbits uh, that that some actors let loose. Um, there, it's been extensive casting, but mm-hmm. it's casting without script, which is basically also what happened for you know previous Star Wars movies as well. And um, you know the fact that that um, the script had to be rebooted is might also be uh, the explanation why we haven't heard more rumors. 
Because I was getting, I was like, how is this possible that they keep this under wraps so much? Well, there probably wasn't the story anymore. <laughs> right. There's nothing so, to talk about. No. There was, uh, there was a, an interesting uh, interview with J.J. Abrams as well where he, um, he reacted to concerns by fans that uh, Disney would want to Disneyfy Star Wars and make it very kid-friendly. Um, I, apparently, that is not what Disney wants. And there is a video here of the interview. I haven't pre-screened it, so I'm not sure if this is going to be going right to the straight to the point or not. We're just going to play a little clip here. Good evening from Los Angeles. I'm Tavis Smiley. Tonight, a conversation with J.J. Abrams, writer, producer, director, hero to science fiction followers, and one of the most prolific creators today whose work can be seen in TV series such as Revolution, Person of Interest, his latest, Almost Human, as well as in movies, including the recent incarnations of Star Trek. He's also about to take over the Star Wars film series, which apparently has social media going slightly ballistic, taking sides pro and con. If all that weren't enough, next month he'll publish his first interactive novel. A conversation with J.J. Abrams coming up right now. Clearly this guy is very busy. <laughs> so, um, again, it's a, it's a pretty long interview, uh, 26 minutes long, so we can't, we can't play it here, but we'll uh, link to it in the show notes on starwars.sqpn.com, which is the blog for our, for our show. But apparently uh, in this interview... J.J. Abrams says the beauty here is that Disney doesn't want that, so to Disneyfy the movie. They are mm -hmm. well aware of this, and they are very careful to make sure that uh, to make to make sure that they're sensitive to that. They don't want that at all. That's the last thing they want. But that company, which is Marvel, they have it's incredible the scale of that company. They are as aware of that as anyone. <laughs> and, and plenty of Disney movies or movies that are produced under Disney's uh, aegis, uh, they they are not. You know, kid movies. They're not, you know, the the Disneyfied mm -hmm. movies that we think of. So it's, I'm not too worried about that. No, me neither. Um, so, <laughs> what else can we talk about now that we don't know what the story is going to be about? Well, the, the, there's there's one more cast or character rumor mm -hmm. that uh, that came out. Uh, there's uh, th uh, this fellow who um, uh, on Twitter who's apparently a source for some uh, inside information. Uh, he's been known for that. Uh, ComingSoon.net. Uh, uh, link to it. Uh, his name is uh, Elmay Imbe. Uh, that's his uh, Twitter handle. Okay. And he and he says there the bad guy uh, or one of the bad guys is going to be a she Sith, as he puts it, or uh, a female Sith. And that would be interesting because we've we haven't had, if you think about it, we have not had uh, a a female villain to my to my recollection. Um, in any of the movies, not in the movies, but in the extended universe, a lot. And oh, certainly, uh, yes. Especially in the um, Clone yep. War series. I mean, you had tons and tons of evil Sith ladies. <laughs> That's true, but but not so much. But in the, but none of the movies we've ever had a, a female villain. So that That's would be true. an interesting a female. That'd be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that rumor is is a recent one, as of uh, the end of October. So hmm. uh, my my guess is. Um, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams isn't sitting on his hands. He's actually been, you know, working on some some ideas. So that may that's that's not a that's not of a that's that's not an old rumor. That, that's a really new one. Apparently, uh, again, this is uh, I, I forgot where I read this, but uh, it might be a rumor. Um, George Lucas has a lot uh, of problems letting go. <laughs> um, <laughs> not actually, surprising. <laughs> this is from uh, from uh, George Lucas's son, Jet Lucas. Um, here is a here is a quote. We knew 
probably a year ago to the purchase, he had started writing and kind of researching, starting this whole little process, Lucas said about his father. About halfway through that process was when the idea of selling to Disney came up. It's nice because he's happiest when he's writing and doing something with his time. Yolsho mentioned Lucas was very torn on working on the film and letting it go, comparing him to a parent sending their kid off to college. I knew that he was very torn on the matter. He was like a child, like a kid who had turned 18 and was ready to leave the house. Every parent has wanted to let their children go, but they want to hold on to you. When asked what he thinks will happen in the new trilogy, Lucas boasted, I already know what happens. I'm happy with what's going to happen. So... I'm not sure how reliable that is. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. That might be pertaining to the original situation with the script by Michael Arndt. And but does doesn't this imply that George Lucas was also writing uh, the story for um, for the new movies? It sounds to me like he was involved in this, and then just was like, okay, let's just sell this. Yeah, you know, it's. It, I think we actually heard that at some point that he was. You know that that he's not going to be directly involved, but that he that he's you know available. He's consulting. You know that um, he. You know, I can't imagine that J.J. Abrams wants him to be standing over his shoulder as he writes this and directs this, but that um, that it wouldn't be out of the uh, ordinary for them to sit down over lunch and say, "Hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think?" Um, and you know, this is uh, these are some ideas I'm throwing around uh, for for the next movie. You know, for J.J. Abrams to say this to. Uh, to, to Lucas, um, and and to kind of throw that around. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's in the loop on the story treatments and drafts and that sort of thing. So um, I could see where, you know, at least for public consumption, he's okay with you know handing it over. But but the, you know, it, this has been his life for the past you know forty years. You could you could say going back to pre-production of of Star Wars. It would be it would be beyond belief to say that um, he doesn't have a twinge of regret yeah. or a little bit of, uh, of of concern about handing it over. Well, what you certainly want to avoid is that he, you know, on the day of the premiere, uh, sees the movie, uh, ends up on the red carpet and says, I think it wasn't as good as I would have made it. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to keep him in the loop at least. Exactly. Uh, now... There has been a lot of talk about uh, the casting of the original uh, trio, uh, and especially Harrison Ford, who has been appearing quite a bit on television. Uh, and this is related to, um, is it Ender's Game, the movie that he stars in? Yeah. Yes, the Which, new uh, movie just out. Oh, good. It's out now. And uh, so Harrison Ford has been making the rounds of all these talk shows. And then, of course, of course, uh, every once in a while, he gets the question about casting. And um, according to rumors, and this was um, towards the end of October, so last week, there was a rumor reported by Jedi News that um, um, Harrison Ford had actually uh, negotiated with uh, Disney to be on episode seven, but only if there was also going to be a commitment to Indiana Jones 5, um, mm. which, of course, now is also owned by Disney, that whole franchise. Um, he did not get this as there is no plot line or script in place. And so apparently, according to this rumor again, um, the, the part of the deal would be that if he were to star in episode seven of Star Wars, then uh, in 2014, by the end of the year, there had there had to be uh, at least a script or a draft for Indiana Jones 5. Um, and so 
there is talk of a multi-film deal with Harrison Ford that would even transcend episode 7 it's not certain if that would also include other Star Wars movies but um, uh, it it kind of makes sense that they're negotiating with him he's been very uh, reluctant to say anything about it I think he appeared on a on a UK talk show where he uh, denied that anything you know definitive had been uh, uh, agreed upon but I, yeah, I, I guess that, that Indiana Jones, if I were him, I would certainly ask for another Indiana Jones 5 movie, especially now that George Lucas wouldn't be involved in that one either. <laughs> I wouldn't want Indiana Jones 4 to be the last Indiana no, Jones. No, 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 please. <laughs> but, uh, well, perhaps they go, they could go the route of the, the, the route of the prequels for the for Indiana Jones and just forget about the young Indiana Jones uh, series and just do something like that. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, but it would be even more interesting if if he would be involved not just in episode seven but also in eight or nine. Although I can I cannot really imagine a movie where um, where they would have you know important roles. I can only see something where it, it's it's almost like what Peter Jackson did for The Hobbit, where you use uh, mm-hmm. the original actors, um, in this case Frodo, the Frodo character, um, at the beginning and and potentially at the end of the trilogy, just to make kind of a nice inclusion, and so you can use that footage in the trailers to connect to the older generation who still remembers Lord of the Rings, something like that. Maybe we get the story of. Uh, Han Solo uh, as a young man, his backstory, uh, you know, how he ended up a smuggler, how he met Chewbacca, how he got the uh, the Millennium Falcon. Uh, oh, you mean like in, a, in one of those uh, character-based Star Wars movies? Uh, possibly. I mean, if you think about it, so he's, you know, mm-hmm. there he is as an older man in the yeah. beginning, and uh, then we, we transition to him as a young man. That kind of makes sense. I mean, we've, yeah. we've heard talks about them wanting to do a movie entirely about Boba Fett. And then, of course, Han Solo would be such a great character to explore. Um, it, the Expanded Universe has some great stories about the young Han Solo. Um, so, and, and those have been proven to be very popular, so why not? Yeah, yeah actually. Yeah. Uh, and it would, it would enable them to bring back Chewbacca. Yes, who, it would. I mean, the interesting that? thing about Han Solo is, is we don't really know anything at all about him. I not mean, officially, we, not in the canon at least, yeah. not in the movie canon. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm. I'm, I'm kind of sticking to. I mean, we have had yeah. the uh, the books and all, but the, in the movie canon, you know, there's no no family. I mean, literally, his name is Solo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, there's no there's no understanding of you know how we got to be who he is. It's, we know a, we know more about Chewbacca than we know about Han Solo. I I, I th- the more I think about it, the more likely it is actually that he negotiated to be in more movies. I mean, he would be stupid not to. <laughs> it's not that you know a lot of the other movies that he's been done doing recently were a big success. He wasn't he in uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Still haven't yeah. seen that movie. But uh, it, it, did. it was okay. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. And <laughs> I recently saw him piercing the ear of um, what's his name Jimmy Fallon was it Jimmy Fallon <laughs> right I think it was Jimmy that, Fallon. that didn't really inspire much confidence as to the <laughs> acting qualities of Han Solo but <laughs> or um, uh, um, Harrison Ford although he always seems to be like this in interviews you're like is that really Harrison Ford he seems to be so almost shy a bit introvert uh, not really he's mumbling <laughs> <laughs> And kind of grumpy. Yeah. 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 Always, like, is that a role a as well? Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> but um, anyway, it's, it's 
the, the future is full of possibilities. <laughs> We're just like we have to say with with Yoda, you know, you never you never really know what the future is going to be. <laughs> That's right. Uncertain it is. Um, are there any other things that we need to talk about? Uh, let me just go through the open um, uh, pages here in my uh, uh, in my browser to see if we didn't skip anything. So again, just take every rumor, uh, especially when it pertains to the story with a huge heaps of salt. Because uh, I, I remember from the uh, the times of the prequel prequels, there are so many fans, and now nowadays. On the internet, it's even easier to create fake rumors and then to create references to that. You can set up a whole breadcrumb trail to make it seem believable. So be very careful with what you read. Um, let's see. I see the the one the little the one bit of little news that we had in the press release uh, that we hadn't had before is that sound designer Ben Burt, who has been there on every Star Wars, oh, yeah. movie, is mm -hmm. back, and so we will oh, have. He is. Uh, the sound of uh, the sound of Star Wars will still will still be Star Wars. Oh, oh wow! Well, that would be terrible if he w wouldn't be involved. <laughs> yeah, um, originally he wasn't uh, listed in any of the credits or any yeah. of the information, and uh, but uh, this press release has him listed in the, among the the team working on this movie. Oh wow, that's interesting. Well, very cool, and of course, uh, I, I guess he himself also just wants to be involved in this. After all, Star Wars, a lot of the of what Star Wars is, is is because of him. He created uh, the vocabulary for R2-D2, created all the familiar sounds of Star Wars. How could he not be involved? Exactly. It's like John Williams, in a way. He just has to be yes, involved. who is also involved. <laughs> yeah, fortunately. <laughs> I hope he hasn't started uh, uh, composing yet. <laughs> I just want uh, to go back to one thing that you mentioned uh, in the beginning of the show, and it's like uh, about these four rules that would make Star Wars great again, and then uh, what you said about uh, Firefly. Firefly actually really made a Western. It, what, what Star Wars ultimately was, especially Star Wars 4, it was kind of a Western story. Um, Firefly made it more explicit, and it, it was actually really a Western with horses and, 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 and all the rest. And, and yep. um so, and I think that is probably also uh, would be a very wise move to bring that feeling back because, after all, this, even though Star Wars is uh, um, an international franchise now, but much will depend on on the kind of the American the the American um, culture in which that story still is rooted. I think. Yes. And and so. Bringing it back, and Tatooine is kind of the 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 epitome of of uh, you know this Western world. It's this sandy planet and dangerous. And I think we said this in the first episode. You know, Tatooine has to be one of the main ingredients. Has to be a setting in this new movie as well. It has to be part of it. You know, so I mean, it's in, in addition to being a Western. It's also Star Wars is also very uh, Japanese. It's got that I mean, Lucas oh, very consciously. You're right. Hold on, you know, uh, uh, relied on Japanese mythology as well, uh, the the history and that sort of mm -hmm. stuff. So, um, I, I that if, if I was going to add a rule to the four rules, I'd say it should also have an appeal to the the idea of the Jedi, the Ronin, the samurai, that sort of thing. Right. Um, we we that's one of the aspects that make it great. It's a Japanese Western. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one thing we also know is that there, and this is also very reassuring for fans. Um, there's, there, 
that we won't see the lance flares that we've seen in Star Trek because J.J. <laughs> Abrams has apologized for them. <laughs> yeah. The first step is admitting you're an addict is what he, I said yeah. in one, the one interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. He's growing up. <laughs> no more lance right. flares. Well, with that, I think uh, we, we can start wrapping up uh, this episode. Um, I'd love to hear, as usual, feedback. And we now have um, a, a new Facebook page. Uh, which you can find at facebook.com Star Wars Secrets. And um, for the next couple of months, that is the place, I think, where we can best uh, interact with our listeners. And so uh, what I'm going to try to do is whenever there is news, I'm going to post it on the Facebook page. So if you like that page, those news items will appear in your timeline and we'll be able to actually discuss about these uh, topics even before we discuss them here on the show so that would be I think a great way to also involve our our listeners uh, more in, um, in 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 the whole conversation um, so again that is facebook.com slash Star Wars secrets I'm still debating as to whether we should to set up a, a, a Twitter feed as well for this. But uh, but Facebook is is a great medium for uh, for conversation. So uh, make sure you go there and like the page, and we'd love to uh, uh, to go there and and interact with you guys and 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 talk about stuff. We can also discuss, of course, the things that we talk about here in the show. If you have a divergent opinion or you think we've forgotten important points. Uh, let us know because we're here to serve. We're here to make this show together with you and for you. So, Dom, um, until next time, whenever that will be. <laughs> we don't know for sure yet uh, if there is. Well, whenever there is something worth talking about, that's when we'll do a new show. Because that's right. I don't. We don't want to waste your time with uh, with just you know blabbering. Um, in the <laughs> meantime, uh, if there is a, a small hiatus and you want to check out other shows, uh, we recently uh, re- rebooted. Or it's not re- rebooted. We took out of hiatus uh, Secrets of the Hobbit w- with the second movie uh, just around the corner. Um, and you might actually, if you're a Star Wars fan and you listen to other Star Wars podcasts as well, you might recognize the two new co-hosts for that show uh, because uh, they are also the host of the Star Wars report. So uh, I wouldn't, you know, don't be surprised if we bring them on on this show as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and speaking of The Hobbit, my uh, Amazon tells me that my uh, DVD, Blu-ray extended edition of the first The Hobbit, The Unexpected Journey will arrive today. So you'll know where I'll be for the next, uh, when I get home for the next eight hours, (laughs) watching the Blu-ray and extended edition, all the commentary. Have fun. And, uh, (laughs) Until the next time, may the Force be with you. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.